Do you have a two-sided die? I have a 20-sided die. And welcome back to another episode of Exposing Ourselves. I'm Travis Ritchie, and this is episode 36. This is the show where we expose each other to new things. Matt, a big music fan, will assign me one of his favorite music artists to listen to each week. And I, a movie buff, will give him one of my favorite films. And we come together on this podcast to discuss it all. And with me, as always, is my good friend... Matt Runquist. Hey, Travis. How you doing? This week, I watched the movie Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, and you listened to folk rock crooner Sufjan Stevens. Yes, I did indeed. I was wondering if you were going to give the subtitle uh, to Dungeons & Dragons, because as I discovered after watching it, there this is actually like the fourth Dungeons & Dragons movie. Yeah, there's a bunch of them out there, and of course there's the television show from the 80s as well, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So uh, uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit, but before we do that, how the heck are you, Matt? Uh, I'm pretty good. I was I've been sick all week, as you know, from my yeah. uh, slightly lowered voice. I can still hear it a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've got that radio thing going on again. but <laughs> uh, but it was a pretty good week for me. Uh, got to do a little hiking today with the dogs, which is always fun. And uh, I harvested my plum tree this week, so I have plum trees in my front yard and, uh, I planted them three years ago, which means this year I had a crop of beautiful, beautiful purple plums, and I brought that in, and then yesterday I made plum jam for the very first time, and it tastes delicious. Now, I don't know if you've ever made jam, but there is so much sugar in it, like I took, you take six cups of, of like processed plums, like you pit them and you grind them up, right? You take six cups of processed plums and then add to it eight cups of sugar. That eight is cups, crazy. Travis. It is <laughs> insane. You like, you just dump it into this like boiling mixture and it just goes whoosh. And it just, yes. I mean, it. it's very impressive. It disappears, but it's also like... Uh, there, there's part of you that's like, I'm doing something that's very, very bad for myself right now. Yeah, I did make a jam a lot with my mom. We would make strawberry jam and uh, strawberry rhubarb jam and different different jams of different uh, of different types. So I am familiar with all the sugar. I do wonder because when I look at the jams at the store, like the the Kirkland jam that they sell at Costco, which is like preserves actually has about half the sugar as like smuckers mm. and i wonder if that is just smuckers you know feeding our our sugar addiction as americans or if there really is that much leeway in... yeah i think there really is that much leeway in how much sugar that you add um yeah. i know that i also add pectin at least for for uh, well that's the jelly part yeah the the part that helps it set up and be jelly yeah um, but I think there is just a fair amount of, of leeway. Yeah. So mm -hmm. anyways, but, uh, so I did that and that was really fun. And then the other big news that I have is, uh, related to the music project, Panko Stankhole. So oh. I have been casually, not casually, uh, diligently working on a new song for Panko Stankhole. Uh, so no more with the one, one a week thing. So this is something I spent some time on. And this is actually a cover song of uh, a song that my college band, Lotus Dinner, had done. I decided to re-record it with some new, you know, new technology. Uh, and a friend of mine did a nice new bass line for it. It's going to be releasing on September 24th. It's called War. You might get an advanced copy of it. But Ooh. also on September 24th, there's going to be a battle of the bands here in Milwaukee that I think Panko Stankhole is going to participate in. And Ooh, uh, so yeah. releasing a song, performing my first live show, which it's not going to be a full band. It's just going to be me with a guitar. And then my wife will come up and sing a song or two. Uh, but, I am uh, so excited yeah. about so that. So I'm, I'm excited about all of that. I'm, uh, I'm trying to – I'm like – sending the song out to local press to try to get a little bit of a little bit more engagement than I had been with with the Panko Stankhole project and uh 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Wow, that's great. I hope you have some audio clips that you'll be able to play for us. Uh, yeah, sure. I can. Back, when you're done with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's fun. it's it's actually ready to go. So maybe next week I'll I'll drop a little, you know, fifteen second teaser or something in. All right. So. Wow, man, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, thank uh, you. Yes, I hope we uh, I hope we do get to hear about a little bit about that. Anything else uh, exciting? No, that's it for me. What What have you got this week, Travis? Uh, not a whole heck of a lot, to be honest. Life has been uh, pretty average. Uh, it's been hot, dealing, you know, just kind of dealing with the heat and uh, being with Coco. I have been exercising more these last few weeks because I got rid of that uh, uh, that plantar fasciitis. And so I have been doing my gym class and I have been doing my, uh, I played a full day of Ultimate Frisbee yesterday, which was crazy because it was like 95 degrees and we start about at about noon. And oh, so, gosh. yeah, it's not like we start early to kind of beat the heat, which is weird and ridiculous, but, um, but I managed to play the whole game and feel pretty good, a little, you know, sore in my feet and stuff like that but uh nothing that's not unusual well and that must be really difficult now that you're like 29 or whatever it is you know it's <laughs> yeah the be, ripe old age you're of, a little uh, older 46 here yeah. and uh yeah i do feel like the old guy but it is not a group of young guys like we are mm. kind of all you know lower middle-aged guys do young and, people uh, even know what ultimate is anymore i feel like that was a big sport do you think it's a passe thing i, I don't think so I, we do have young people that play with us Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I you would it's... know more than me. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think ultimate frisbee is uh, only increasing in its relevance uh, rather than decreasing. So, uh, but that's a good question. I guess I don't know for sure. Uh, there are there are professional ultimate frisbee leagues, or there is yeah. a. I know that uh, recreationally pickleball is taking over the earth right now. So yeah, but pickleball is an old people's sport. I feel like like yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. For sure, the, the, for sure. Just like if you don't have enough energy for tennis, play pickleball. Oh, I played tennis again for the first time last weekend. Uh, yeah, you my... mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, what I hurt? I think I hurt my uh, shoulder a little bit doing it. Mm. So uh, mm. maybe I do. Maybe I should pick up some pickleball and <laughs> uh, and tr find a little court nearby. Uh, anyway, but that's uh, that's pretty much it. I've been continuing to plan for the uh, the time wrecked web series we had auditions and we got all the auditions back this week and i'm uh, pretty That's happy so weird i didn't get my i didn't get my call about the once again, submitting it submitting the tape once again, or you were anything. snubbed by the audition committee ah yeah, what happened there That's crazy. i don't know huh. i'll have to talk to them about yeah. that I, yeah <laughs> i promise I'll, I'll i'll put my foot down um but uh yeah so but it was I did get back to work as well uh, for a day on on Friday, and then we're going to do two days this coming week. So that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with the show, like if we're going to try to work without writers or what. Mm -hmm. But um, but it's nice to have a couple of days of work at the very least. and <laughs> lets my unemployment like kind of stretch out a bit mm -hmm. uh, until sure. work does resume for for reals. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, other than that, just uh, doing my thing. Awesome. Very cool. But Very cool. Let's say we get into the meat of get this. Into I the am. Meat. Oh man, I am interested about these uh, topics that we have today because my opinions on them are about as diverse as I have ever had. You mean like you are ambivalent I'm not about what I mean. them both? I'm not oh, tell you what I, I mean. I'm actually You'll curious what that means because yeah, cause, yeah. You'll find okay. out, my friend. Uh, but where would you like to start? Well, Travis, I don't know what to do first, but in honor of our movie choice, I think we should let the D20 <gasps> decide. So oh I have here goodness. a 20-sided die authentically used in an authentic D&D &D game. That's awesome. So what are we going to do? Like up, ups, ups and downs or odds and evens? Or I, would say, I would say odds and evens. Okay. So odds, so... we'll do the movie first. Okay. Evens, we'll do the music first. Are you ready? All right. All right. Are, yes, the okay. fates the fates still here choose for us. It is a two, even it's a two. I for, even so, we're doing music first. The music first. We're doing all right. <laughs> well then, Matt, tell us about Sufjan Stevens. S Sufjan. 
the the J is okay. The J it's not. I was gonna say the J is silent, but it's really not silent. It's a Y. Um, it's a Y. Yeah. The, the J Stevens. is a Y. That's a great uh, name. I do like that name. Yeah, Sufjan Stevens is an indie rocker who came into uh, sort of a folk folk indie. I don't know what to call him. Anyways, uh, he came into popularity in the late '90s. Uh, he is very kind of. I would say he's very soft-spoken. Like, this is always pretty gentle music most of the time. But anyways, early on in his career, he decided that he was going to make an album, a theme album, about every single U.S. state. He did one about his home state of Michigan, and then he did an album about Illinois, and then he gave up. But, oh, go ahead. Before you go, why did he choose Illinois? Was that his adopted state? Like, did he move to Illinois? I think he was just working his way around. I think okay. he felt like there was a lot of I mean, material to... Illinois to... and Michigan aren't connected, are they? I think you're going to have to interview Sufjan Stevens to find out the answer to this <laughs> I question. I would love to. I would they, love to. They are not, in fact, connected because Indiana gets in the way. Right. But... Yeah. Um, anyways, so the the album Illinois was very, very good. I really, really like it. It's... It's not quite on my favorite albums list, but it's pretty close. I made a playlist for you of probably three quarters of the songs from that album. I cut out a lot of... There's a lot of interstitial music that he makes, and even some of these songs have a have a sort of a floaty quality to them that is like transitioning you from one place to another. But anyways... Mm-hmm. I really like this music. Uh, a lot of it is very pretty, even when he's singing about very serious subject matter, like he does, uh, you know, there's a song about John Wayne Gacy, and there, there's other serious topics, but he's always, uh, he's got a really beautiful voice, and um, and when he really, when, like, a lot of times this music is a little atmospheric, but when he does kick in with, like, the melodies... They're really good melodies too. I I really dig him. So, uh, what did what did you think? I I got to admit, this is another one where I I have a hard time predicting your uh, reaction. Yeah, yeah. This was an, a very interesting experience for me listening to this. Um, so I will say the first moment where I was I was wa- I was on a walk with Coco, and I was like, okay, I'm going to start this uh, playlist right now. Um, and I had been listening to podcasts, and as is my want, I generally don't listen to music when I'm on my headphones. I listen to uh, I listen to NPR podcasts or Science Friday or I guess that's NPR technically. Um, but I listen to talky things, and uh, and I put this music on, and the first s- second or the first couple of notes or whatever I don't know what it was, but I had this flush of like tingliness through from my ears all the way through my body and it was a very interesting experience uh pleasurable and i think that what what i ended up equating this guy's singing to is uh is the his singing is gentle his singing is Mm -hmm. kind it's loving almost it's his he sings the way I want to be touched, you know. All right. And I, 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 you know, I like to be touched in uh, slow, even strokes, and that's how he sings. He sings in slow, even strokes. He never gets loud. He never belts a note. He never, mm-hmm. you know, it's all his melodies are, um, are there, right? And and mm-hmm. he has them. He's his voice is clean and pure mm-hmm. and lacks any of the distortion that I tend to uh not like, but he also his actual singing is clean and he doesn't do vibrato. He doesn't do it's just super gentle. And um the other uh, the 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 metaphor that I came up with was uh what if if PBS was a music label? Uh this guy <laughs> would be on it. Like it's it almost felt like an even the instrumentals and stuff it felt like an uh, an evolution of the kind of music you might hear in a uh, in a children's show like uh, like Sesame yeah. Street or you know Mr. Rogers yeah that or is something. actually a really that's a really good observation I've never thought of that but that is a perfect way to describe what Sufjan Stevens does yeah I I really enjoyed 
emotionally, I guess, on, on, on a kind of a very deep, like, synapses level, I enjoyed the experience of listening to this guy. I did get a little bored as I went through my first listen mm -hmm. and, uh, and found that I was zoning out a little bit and kind of just experiencing it rather mm -hmm. than listening, which um, we've talked about before where artists have a similar kind of style, a similar genre that they, that they have for their whole album. It's not like listening to, say, um, uh, Graceland, where, you know, each song kind of is its own story and almost its own genre, uh, where this is very similar. Now, it had more variety than uh, than the one we talked about a couple weeks ago, where mm -hmm. we had I had that issue where every song was sad. Mm -hmm. This is not that. Songs are not sad. They're not. They're not even. Uh, they're not even dour. There's a lot of energy, and some of the instrumentals are are really fun. And uh, the other thing on my second time through, what I realize is this is the exact type of music. And this might not be a good analogy for you, uh, but because it's based in movies. But like this is the music you would hear in the trailer of a Spike Jones movie, okay. like uh, where the wild things are, or or her, or you mm -hmm. know, this is the kind of like it's got that kind of quirky, almost new age. But like fun and, you know, fun and gentle. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so um, I, I would love to, I feel like, I feel like this guy is probably someone I would like to know. And like, mm -hmm. I feel like he'd probably, he sings like he'd be a good boyfriend. All right. Know? All right. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe I'd put him on my, on my boyfriend mix unless the mix was for unless he wanted to be my boyfriend and then yeah. you know i was making the mix for him then obviously i wouldn't put his own music on the mix that would be no. creepy right i right? think probably right <laughs> yeah i mean maybe if you pretended not to know who he was sure i suppose that'd be an interesting thing like just like i just meet this guy and like just randomly say it's... here's my it's so weird that you have the same first name as this guy this musician i really love yeah, and, and that's assuming I don't know his last name, too, at this point, right, by the time right. I make a, a mixtape for him. Okay. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I think that it, I, I think that this is the type of thing I would like more. I did listen to it three, two times through, mm -hmm. and I feel like this is the type of music that I would absolutely enjoy whenever it happened to come on. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I would put it on. But I also might like it more and more the more I listen to it. Yeah, this is this is an album that I do. I I have that same experience with it. I like it more the more I hear it. Mm -hmm. It is something that you kind of it kind of reveals itself to you over time, and that's uh, that's a recurring theme of the podcast. But this one especially because you're right. It, it's funny the orchestrations are so lush. And they are mm -hmm. different from one another, but because they're so like they're filling up all the musical space, yes. they they can kind of seem samey, right? Even if yeah. they're filling up all the musical space in well, different ways. Well, because he's pretty the same. Like he's very the same. the The music behind him, I think, differs yeah. fairly well between yeah. from song to song. Um, yeah. He's the connective tissue, uh, mm -hmm. for 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 good and maybe for bad. From a from a from a varietal standpoint? Well, so interestingly, a lot of what I eliminated from your playlist are sort of interstitial type songs that don't have him on them at all. Or oh. are like, you know, so you know that there's pretty extensive use of backing vocals in this, right? Some, there's like yeah, a, yeah. a little choir um, is what it sounds like. I don't know how many people are in it, right? But there's right. a lot of like sort of choral type backing vocals on this and there's a few of those interstitial tracks that kind of have that uh sort of atmospheric type things uh and i eliminated those because i thought you maybe wouldn't have the patience to get through them <laughs> but okay. as always i i do prove to be a pretty poor judge of what types of things you're going to like and what types of things you're not which is another way of saying I listened to the first couple of tracks this week and I was like, gosh, did I 
is this a misfire? Is Travis going to hate me for this? You know, uh, and so I, I'm I'm really happy and intrigued to hear that you largely enjoyed it. Yeah, it's an interesting thing because I uh, and I and I do appreciate you removing some of the stuff that might have bored me because I that was maybe my biggest complaint about this is that um, I, I felt unengaged with the music in a way, you know, I mm -hmm. felt that it was the music was kind of washing over me in a way, um, which is fine. That's enjoyable. I, I, I tend to like more engaging music, but um, but that was a good move on your part for sure. Yeah. Now, did you did you catch the song about the Man of Steel? I did. I noted while I was listening to it that it was about Superman. I didn't quite. Uh, I didn't go and look at the lyrics. You're a Superman fan, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah, my that... first. He's my first and greatest hero. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah so uh, I did think that was interesting. I'm not sure what's, what. Do you know what Superman has to do with Illinois? I don't. That's part of the problem. Is uh, like other than Metropolis might be based on uh, Chicago uh, as a city because um, because Metropolis takes Metropolis is kind of in the Midwest. Uh, Kansas is nearby, and so you know that makes oh, sense that okay. that Metropolis might be uh, Chicago. Okay. Okay. So, but I don't know that for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. And I and I it's funny because while I was listening to it, you had said you had mentioned that last week, and I remember in my head going, "What does that have to do? What does Superman have to do with Illinois? Like, is it, are the creators from Illinois somewhere? Maybe I know I didn't look into it." <laughs> <laughs> producer, hello, producer. We need some information here. Ah, oh, we need a producer. We um, do need a producer. That's a really good idea. We should get one of those. We should definitely get one of those. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so um, th that being said, all that, like I did enjoy it. I think that my rating is not going to be as high as you might be anticipating given what I've said thus far. But whatever it is, it's going to be with the caveat that there's room for improvement. Well, Travis, I used my Google Foo. There is a town in Illinois named Metropolis and they have Is declared there? they have declared themselves the home of home Superman. Of Superman? Okay. Yes. That makes sense. So that that's you know, what it's now about. that I now that you say that it does ring a bell and uh, I remember the that there there was a documentary about the Superman of Hollywood Boulevard and how he went to Metropolis, Illinois once to a convention. Uh, like they have okay. a Superman convention. Of course all they right. do. All right, all right. Cool. So, of course they do. But, uh, so anyways, I really love the song Chicago as well. I don't know if that stood out for you, but it did. It's, yep. It, and if historically in my life, I drive through Chicago on a semi-regular basis because I live 90 miles away. And anytime I'm going east or south, I go through Chicago. And for some reason, unintentionally, this song often comes up on on my playlist when <laughs> I'm driving through Chicago uh, and it is, it does give you this sort of like, it makes me, it makes me like the town Chicago more than I ordinarily do. Cause sure, sure. like a lot of people in Milwaukee, we have a little bit of little brother syndrome about Chicago. Everybody always talks about Chicago and it's bigger and it's better and blah, blah, blah. Right. But when I hear this, this song, I understand what people like about Chicago. So I did want yeah, to call Chicago that Yeah, Chicago is a town I like, and it's, it's got a lot of personality. And, um, but this song, it, it, it did strike me. And I remember when I was listening to it, it was one of those moments where I had to pull out my phone. And so I could say, oh, what song is this? Which song is this? So I can remember to note that this was a really good song. So yeah. you're absolutely right. And the, uh, the, the, the following track, which was uh, Casimir Pulaski Day, Mm -hmm. uh, I also remember liking. I I, I can't remember why um, <laughs> off the top of my head, uh, but I did also do that same thing where I had to pull out my phone and be like, "Oh, what's this song?" And it's different. Um, but I enjoyed. I enjoyed. So there were there were highlights for sure of this album, and yeah. and nothing that I didn't like. There's okay. an important note. There was mm -hmm. nothing that I uh, disliked from this playlist. There was no first track off of Yaysayer for you on this one. Yeah, no, none of that. Good memory, good, good callback. Uh, yes, no, none of that. I, in fact, like it starts off pretty strong, and uh, it, it it hooked me. 
Well, there we go. With first song, first song uh, syndrome has uh, not been in uh, uh, part of this album. <laughs> so, uh, was this is this the first song of the actual album too, or just this playlist? Uh, gosh, I don't know. Oh well, and also uh, now the album on the album name on YouTube is Illinois, the state. Mm-hmm. The album yeah. name on the cover of the album is Illinois. Yes, with an E at the end. Yes. So which is which is it? I mean, I would assume that it's the album art is correct. Yeah. The album name is Illinois. Huh. Yeah, I know. Um, it's um, it's a joke, basically. It's, it is come a joke on, because feel the Illinois. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I would point out about this album cover is that this is not the original album cover where you see the three balloons flying mm-hmm. across above the skyline. That used yeah. to be Superman, and they definitely oh. got a, they definitely got a cease and desist. And oh, that's had funny. To, had to reissue the album with a different. Well, cover. that's interesting because did they have the right to uh, to use the image of the uh, of the erstwhile sears tower or whatever it's called now or the john hancock yeah as far as i know you can use buildings uh without permission uh, on 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 art or whatever works of profit okay okay. yeah yeah yeah. good good to know good to know um i have some uh u.s bank building plans then uh that's dumb that's that's the (laughs) best building in 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 los angeles uh the tallest building in los angeles uh that doesn't make it the best but um we about the the size of your building it's the u.s bank building is also the tallest building in milwaukee actually is it really yeah that's interesting i i actually like the u.s bank building design here in la it's it's pretty cool and uh just a complete tangent there is a uh a a south korean building that went up like i don't know what it is but it was built by south korea or something and they uh they put a spire on top of it Mm -hmm. and the spire makes it taller than the u.s bank building and so Mm -hmm. they claim that that building is the tallest building west of the mississippi now but it is clearly not like if you stand off to the side and look at them the building itself is much lower and it honestly makes me mad every time i look at it because i'm like i'm like you're lying you're you're using i agree with you travis but (laughs) historically spires are included in the in the height of the building well sure but u.s bank building has a flat top and so there is no reason they couldn't just pop a spire on there and uh, and they should do that they should they really should they, they should. You know what? They, they, they I'm going to call my congressman on Monday and there you go. tell him to put a spire on the I have two US missions bank now. Building. Get a dog yeah. park in, my, uh, in the park that's by my house and uh, put a spire on the U.S. bank building in yeah, Los Angeles. All right. All right. We should rate this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, oof. You know what? I, I was thinking of five uh, because right now I'm feeling kind of like this, this average energy off this album. Um, but you know what? Now nah, I'm going to bump it up to a six. Uh, it was better than average for sure, and uh, and I will also throw in that caveat that 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 it could get better in my mind on mm-hmm. future listenings. All right, all right, very cool, very cool. Well, for me, this one is an eight. I really mm-hmm. like it. It's one of I'm always happy to hear it. Uh, it never really drops out of my rotation. Um, yeah, I love it. So yeah. I think if I had a rotation, it would be it would probably make it into it. Yeah, I could see that. Travis, why don't you tell me about the movie? All right. Well, uh, this so this is a movie that is fairly uh, recent, which is not something we do a lot of. But uh, I wanted you to watch the movie Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves, which is a movie that came out this year. It's a it's a fantasy film based on the Dungeons and Dragons role playing game. It stars uh, Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, Reggie Jean Page, who is from the uh, Netflix show Bridgerton. Uh, it's Justice Smith, who was in the um, he was in the Pikachu, Detective Pikachu movie, uh, Sophia Lillis, who was in the It movies, and of course Hugh Grant, who was in the Hugh Grant movies. And uh, it's, uh, I had no interest in seeing this movie, really, even though I like, you know, genre stuff. Uh, but the reviews, when it came out, were surprisingly 
uniformly positive. And so at some point, uh, when it came out on uh, streaming uh, several months ago on like Paramount Plus, I was like, sure, I'll watch it. And I found myself absolutely delighted. And so uh, I was waiting for it to come out on a uh, on a more um, you know wide streaming service and it is now available on prime video and so uh, i gave it to you now um i don't know what to say about this movie other than it uh, is just it combines really good effects so one of the problems with the uh, the the last dungeons and dragons movie that i ever saw which was from the year 2000 which was uh oof I mean, very dated with the special effects. Its story was so kind of like simple. There was no self-awareness or it was, it, it took itself very self-seriously. This one is funny. It's, it's, it's a comedy, but it's not a parody, which is a very interesting line to cross, I think. Um, it just is funny. Uh, very similar to, I think, uh, the Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle movie that we watched. Like, it's mm -hmm. not a parody of anything. It just happens to be funny. And I really like this trend on movies. So um, this is, weirdly enough, the second movie we've rated uh, very recently based on a game uh, or a... or a uh, or So, like, Mattel owns Barbie, Hasbro... Mm owns Dungeons and Dragons, which I thought was very interesting to note. Uh, what did you think? I'm curious. Well, first of all, I want to point out that Dungeons and Dragons originated here in Wisconsin, just oh, 50 or 60 miles away from the place where I'm sitting right now. Really? Gary Gygax is from Wisconsin? He's from Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Yes, he I is. I did not know that. Yes, and he ran, he regularly ran Dungeons and Dragons games in his home into the 2000s. I, I know people that have played Dungeons and Dragons with Gary Gygax. Wow, that's pretty, that is kind of amazing. I love that. Yeah, so um, I really liked this movie a lot. Uh, I 100% agree with you that it is a comedy that is also an adventure. And yeah, I think it shares a lot of DNA with Jumanji. Uh, I would say the acting is probably a little better uh, mm -hmm. in this. Um, there are times when Chris Pine's main character gets like really loosey goosey and you're like, and you're like, Oh man, this is, this might be too much. But yeah. I was thinking about this and what the the core truth of this movie is that and and it never gives this game away but the core truth of this is that that is often what a dungeons and dragons gaming session is like you got to remember for those of you who have never played dungeons and dragons you the 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 dungeon master comes up with like a world and a story within that world that they're trying to tell but the players have total freedom to try to do what they want to do. And often they will do things that the dungeon master doesn't expect. Uh -huh. So I'm thinking specifically of the sequence where he and uh, the Michelle Rodriguez character are escaping from the tribunal and they shove a bird man out the window and ride him <laughs> to the ground safely that right. is very true to to dungeons and dragons like i'm sure that the dungeon master for that scene never would have expected them to do that but the game's rules allow you to be like you know what we're going to just hold on to the birdman and hope right and yeah, yeah. and then and then you the, roll and if you if you, you roll, roll high enough it succeeds if you succeeds. roll high enough you yeah and huh. um so there's a real core truth to that sort of behavior that's kind of like out of left field and maybe it's a little funny but it's also trying to achieve its goals that i really really loved because here's the thing this movie works without knowing any of that yeah, right. Yeah, you you don't have to have played Dungeons and Dragons to understand the references to, or rather, you don't need to understand the references to enjoy the movie. They you feed don't, you most of the information you need to know. The information that you need to know is there in the movie, and then there are lots of you know we call them Easter eggs, but honestly, they're just they're just 
world-building elements that are familiar to people who have played Dungeons and Dragons and that yep. just wash right over people who haven't played Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, and the I, detail for fans the, is the crazy. The detail is really, really good for people who are Dungeons and Dragons fans, but you don't need that to enjoy this movie, which is just like a fun, adventurous romp with a little core of emotional center. The relationship between the Chris Pine character and his daughter uh, is, and between Michelle Rodriguez and Chris Pine's daughter yeah. is fantastic. It's really well handled. They're a little family. It's really good. Really, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, so I you know what's that. funny is that Chris Pine is uh, probably my second favorite Chris for uh, for for like that I like. You know, I, I'm a big fan of um, of uh, Chris Evans as a as a. I, I think like I find him sexier and more appealing. But I do think that Chris Pine is maybe my favorite from an acting point of view. Uh, I think he has better range. And uh, and and you, when you point out that he's his character gets a little uh, gets a little uh, you know uh, like loosey goosey, he also flips and has moments of, of real introspection and uh, and real genuine emotion. And there is a point at the end of the movie where uh, where I like kind of at the after the climax when you have the you know you have the the cost of victory, uh, and I cried. Mm -hmm. And I found myself very uh, moved by it, uh, genuinely. And I thought that that was very um, unexpected for me, w especially in a movie that up until that point I had laughed out loud several mm -hmm. times. Yeah, um, I loved uh, the jokes. Uh, I loved the jokes with the with the raising of the corpses corpses to ask them five questions. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was uh, I thought that that was very funny. Yeah, um, and it was like it was broad humor, but it wasn't like overplayed. Right. Yeah. Although I do think that the final joke there, I didn't love. Like I, I feel like they stretched that in order to get a joke and made yeah. it a place that was unreal. Like yeah, I feel like it wouldn't have been hard for them to to make sure that it, they had actually asked five questions of that last corpse. Um, that's a little thing, but um, ultimately they didn't. I didn't find that they really did that much where they pushed themselves to push for a joke rather than just. Uh, have things that that felt like organic. Um, I never knew that I needed a fat dragon in my life until <laughs> I experienced this movie, and it is maybe my favorite thing of the year uh, to, to see, like a, a, a fat roly poly dragon who. who there's a scene in which the dragon like overreaches for something and literally rolls over on its back. And does a full <laughs> barrel roll. And it's the least graceful thing you've ever seen a dragon do. But it is you've absolutely seen a fat dog do it or or something mm -hmm. in your life. And yeah. uh and it is I loved it so much. And um that was that was a great moment for me too. So Yeah, that was really, really funny. Yeah. Uh the but the acting all around was also great. Uh Michelle Rodriguez was fantastic. Uh I, I uh Reggie Jean Page, uh who is the um he played the kind of paladin character that they uh they encounter, yeah. who is mm -hmm. like the un unassailable perfect like mm -hmm. person. Like he yeah. does everything that he needs to do and he's he's everybody loves him and he's successful in everything that he tries. And uh but uh I loved and he kind of that character um Zank kind of comes in the story and then goes out of the story after he's kind of used his usefulness. He doesn't mm -hmm. feel like it doesn't feel like he's just there to solve a problem. He feels like he's necessary, but mm -hmm. he also doesn't stay past his welcome. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Um and I also like yeah. that they kind of wrote him a story that fits with the rest of the backstory. It's all kind of entwined very well story-wise. Yeah, I would say the writing on this is really that whoever did it really knocked it out of the park. This does not have, you know, um, too many cook syndrome or anything. It's a yeah, really no. tight story. Everything fits together. It gets it. It gives you the information that you need. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I really liked it. Um I do want to. Yeah. It was written and directed by a pair, uh, uh, Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, and then uh, uh, Michael Gilio has uh, a screenplay credit as well. 
So. Okay. Yeah. So it's probably like an original, uh, one original script and then a, and then a massaging. Um, you know, I, I did want to call out the, the special effects because you mentioned it earlier. And this is absolutely the type of movie where inconsistent or bad special effects can really mm-hmm. throw you out of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's all really, really good. There's a, there's a gelatinous ooze in this. And it's funny. So a uh, gelatinous cube. Sorry. I was going to say, this. that's the box, right? Okay. Yeah, the gelatinous cube in this. And it's <laughs> it's really great because this is a classic Dungeons & Dragons monster. And hilariously, it's always 10 feet by 10 feet by 10 feet. Like, that's just, oh. that's the definition of this monster is that it's a 10 foot. It's, and um, it, the way they conceive it and show it to you and show what it's capable of is so cool the way that it like dissolves people as it's inside of them but it's you know the way it interacts with the characters are on screen it all really plays really really well in a way that doesn't look fake and doesn't take you out of the story so i and there and there's uh, there's many many examples of that and there's a bunch of like dungeons and dragons specific type monsters in here the owl bear obviously is is another one love the owl bear yeah and there there's a um i can't remember the name of the the psycho cat thing that that chases everybody through the labyrinth but displacer beast that uh oh. the, there's a that's another dungeons and dragons specific yep uh, and the and the monster. and the traps the the treasures that are actually traps the mimics yeah the mimics yeah, yeah. they uh in that whole sequence where they're in the um they're in the uh the games what? at the end with all the mazes and the and the displacement beasts there is a, a really interesting easter egg i guess uh that they took the cartoon characters from the saturday morning Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, which was what uh, early eighties. That's who that other party was. Okay. Yeah, it was them uh, as uh, as people. The only thing is that the the kid who was the barbarian is not mm. a kid. He's a weird old looking barbarian. Uh, mm. But uh, yeah, that was that team with the wizard and the and the and the mystic and the, all that. So um, that was a fun little, fun little. Easter yeah, egg. that's that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, and then and then there's a third team in the maze, uh, and and every one of that team member, we see them get killed as a way to show how dangerous the maze is. Mm-hmm. And so they've got the two teams that are successful, uh, which are both of our hero teams that we love, and then this third team that one by one gets uh, gets killed. They're so, basically um, red shirts. Yeah, they are. Uh, I I really I, I want to give a shout to uh, Hugh Grant. In this, because uh, he was game to play, mm-hmm. which I really yeah. appreciate uh, when when kind of veteran actors are just down to have fun. And his his smarminess is funny. Hugh Grant's charm has kind mm-hmm. of parlayed well into an older age smarminess yeah. that I love to see. Yeah. And um, so I think that that's great. It was so much fun here. And, yeah, um, I think he I think he knows what he's good at and you're absolutely right that it's it's funny it, he's not really doing anything different than he's ever done but because of the way that he is older and the world has changed that is you know we see it with sort of a new lens and it and it works in this story and he really delivers what this story needs which is someone who is believably on their side and believably not uh yeah yeah it's really really good stuff yeah yeah i i i i this is going to be one of those movies that I can watch again uh, over the years, I think, for, for a long time. And uh, I, I imagine there's probably going to be a sequel. There's no reason there shouldn't be. I would very much like to see these characters again. Yeah, I think, you know, as long as the story brings it. I mean, because let's be honest, the reason this is good is because the story is there. You know? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and as long as they make sure that there's a story to tell, but that's one of the nice things about this property as a uh, or as an origin story. Like you've got yourself a bit of content already built into it. Like all these stories are there to draw mm-hmm. on for inspiration for a good story. And then what they've got is these well-crafted characters that they just can put into these situations and do these kind of 
quests and 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 whatnot. So almost um, like a D and D gaming session around the table every Sunday. Exactly. So I don't know. So the box office on this one was uh, I according to Wikipedia, it's a uh, two hundred eight million off of a hundred and fifty million dollar budget. It seems really low for as good as uh, word of mouth as this movie had when it was in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like a shame that it didn't make a little more money. I mean, aren't box offices in general, like Barbie and Oppenheimer X those, like aren't box offices in general down quite a bit these days? Well, there was a whole thing where like getting people back into the movies this year was uh people were feeling that that was kind of a success and uh like you know you also had movies like you know Top Gun and uh stuff like that. Um so but it, this is a movie that came out in March at the end of March, which is not it's not a summer movie. It's not a a movie that uh you know, it's not a time when you put movies out that you have faith in. Which is seems weird, unless they were just trying to avoid the summer movie glut. Yeah, I think that might be that might be it. And I would say that you know the the franchise has a mixed track record at best. You know, it's nice that they put all these resources behind the the filming of the movie, but I think there's probably a fair amount of trepidation of are people going to go see a Dungeons yeah. and Dragons movie. That's very fair. Although, I mean, you've got a star like Chris Pine, who is maybe he's not a box office draw, but he's certainly a well-known name. Um, so maybe that was their problem, is that they just didn't trust the movie. and um, Which is a shame, because I thought it was fantastic. Uh, oh, you want to give it a rating? Or, or do you have any more oh, to say I about it? Oh, I absolutely would love to give it a rating. Um, this is a very, very good one for me. I initially wrote down eight for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to stick with eight. I'm going to stick with eight. I really, really liked it. Um, I can't think of what I would change about it. But I also, you know, I don't think it quite reaches that, like, rarefied nine or ten hmm. Uh, hmm. for me. You know? Yeah. Like, no, there, I there are, I think I'm a little bit sensitive to, like, I... You know, the the idea that, oh, well, we are just, like, saying names that you recognize, and it pings that little, you know, that little thing in your brain, and you go, oh, yeah, yeah. dopamine hit. I know Number that berries. name, right? Yeah. That that doesn't actually, you know, that doesn't actually translate to good movies. So I'm a little hesitant to give it too high of a score. But I'll say also that there have been a lot of instances, you know, Star Wars, a lot of that uh, nostalgia mining in in movies lately that has not been very successful. And, uh, and I'll give this movie props for... for being a good movie along with those kind of um you know those kind of sure you know absolutely what's the word i'm looking for machinations sure (laughs) manipulations we'll go with Um, that Ooh, i like manipulations yeah yeah so but uh that being said i also rated it as an eight on imdb and i think i will i don't know why not a nine because this movie i mean ultimately gave me a lot of joy this is this is like on par with, maybe not on par, but like the amount of joy that I get from Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters, which is a sci-fi, you know, kind of movie, mm-hmm. um, but it has a lot of special effects and comedy. This feels very similar to me. The only thing is uh, maybe there were a couple of uh, a couple of jokes that felt that they could have been massaged or or done better. Um, I'll stay with my eight. Sure, that's that's a good that's good. It's a it's a good rating. So <laughs> I don't right. know why, why yeah, I'd be complaining about it. So all right, if we were on a five star rating, that would be a four. That would be a four. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> all right, I feel good about that D and D. Well, uh, Travis, what do you have for me next week? Oh, me first. Uh, I am going to give you the movie Prey, which is a Hulu original. I'm guessing you haven't seen it yet. I have not seen it yet. Do you have you heard of it? I have heard of it. Okay. Do you know what it is? It's a predator movie. Oh, where okay. he's fighting against a Native American woman. That's okay. all well, I know. Well, I was kind of hoping to, I was kind of hoping you didn't know that and that it would be revealed to you. But yes, um, this is a uh, so uh, in episode eighteen we uh, had you watch Predator and you liked it, and so yes. now. Um, 
there have been many sequels and uh, crossovers and spin-offs over the years, none of which have really been very good. But I will tell you that I was very pleasantly surprised by Prey, which was an, a Hulu original. It never got a theatrical release. But all I'll say about it is I think it deserved one. It's on Hulu, uh, and uh, we'll talk about it next week. What do you got for all me? All right, cool. What I have for you, uh, I'm doing something a little bit different than what I usually do. I have a band called The Beths. I'm not even going to ask you if you've heard of The Beths because I know you haven't. Well, that's uh, because I <laughs> Because I had barely heard of The Beths. But they've come across my transom a couple of times recently, and I've really been digging them quite a bit. And I've been wanting to get a little more recent music on the podcast. So first of all, the the first thing you need to know about the Beths is that they're from New Zealand. And so it's actually the Biths. We are the Biths. Oh, I love the Biths. Um, the Biths. Oh, I love you, Bith. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's exactly it. So you, uh, you now know everything you need to know about them, which is that they're from New Zealand. No, this is an indie rock band uh, fronted by a woman named Elizabeth Stokes. They are a four-piece. They met in college uh, a few years ago. They had their first album in 2018. Last year, they released the album Expert in a Dying Field. I really, really dig it, and so I've assigned it to you for next week. All right. I look forward to experiencing it. Uh, do you know the um, uh, Flight of the Concords? Of course I know the Flight of the Concords. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just curious. He maybe uh, did. Yeah, maybe yeah, he did, so maybe he didn't. the New Zealand... Uh, no, he maybe uh, did. <laughs> <laughs> he Brit. Um, so, yeah, I, that was the connection that I made. I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, them, and so, thus, all of New Zealand. And I'm anything, the, anything they produce. I'm the hip-hop-apotamus. My lyrics are bottomless. Oh, you really do know them. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I love I love. The okay, great, great, course. great. Yeah. Well, uh yeah, I'm a, I, I've had a fun time watching that show and listening to their music uh, frequently. All right. Hey, Travis. <laughs> thank you for exposing yourself to me. Oh, Matt, thank you for exposing yourself to me. And hey, listeners, if any of you would like to expose yourself to us, do so by reaching out to us on email at exposingourselvespodcast at gmail.com or finding us on the Facebook page, uh, Exposing Ourselves, and uh, let us know what you think of our uh, ratings. Did you like Honor Among Thieves better than we did? Do you like uh, Safjan... <laughs> Sufjan, Sufjan Stevens. Sufjan Stevens. Better than I did? Uh, let us know, and uh, we will take your comments under advisement. And uh, Matt, I will talk to you next week. Thank you.